Today's episode is brought to you by Path 11 TV, inspiring entertainment for the spiritually curious. With a Path 11 TV membership, you get instant access to over 100 hours of exclusive video content that explores consciousness, healing, and life after death. Also with the Path 11 TV membership, you can attend our monthly events and live streams free. In the past few months, we've already had medium readings with Drew Callie and Suzanne Northrup, along with a numerology session with Nicene Siegel and Chinese face readings with Marla Goldberg. Join us for our next event, July 21st, for another gallery reading, this time with medium Mark Schmidt. You can start your Path 11 TV membership for just $9.99 a month or get two months free by getting an annual membership. Podcast listeners can save even more by using coupon code PODCAST30. This will take 30% off, making your first year only $70. That's only 20 cents a day. Don't hesitate because this offer is only good for a limited time. All membership plans have a seven-day free trial. So start streaming with your membership to Path 11 TV today by visiting path11tv.com and start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with our exclusive library of inspiring entertainment. Now let's get to today's show. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast today. I am excited to bring back a guest that I had on actually almost over 100 episodes ago, maybe like 150 episodes ago. Uh, I have David Roberts here with me, and we have another special guest with him, Patty Farino. Um, But David and I spoke, gosh, a couple of years ago. It was episode 111 lovely number. And it is a lovely number. And he really talked about grieving the sudden death of a loved one. And you will find out today, if you haven't listened to that podcast, um, that his daughter did pass. Um, She died of cancer on March 1st of 2003 at the age of 18. He is a retired addiction professional and an adjunct professor in the psychology and psychology child life departments at Utica College, and he's also been a keynote speaker and workshop presenter at national and regional grief conferences. Um, We also have Reverend Patty Farino, and now they kind of co-wrote this book together that we're going to be talking about today, and uh, Patty chose to walk a sacred path, obtaining wisdom from a variety of spiritual practices and philosophies. After completing a two-year program at the new seminary in New York City, she was an ordained interfaith minister, and she was inspired to embrace other spiritual paths, never instead of, always in addition to, by the founder, Rabbi Joseph Gelberman. Pretty sure I got that right. So she made a vow to learn to walk through life like the masters, helping people through challenging times, offering hope and following the motto of St. Francis, Francis, make me an instrument of peace. So Patty and Dave got together. um, I think it was back in 2010. They're going to tell you the story of how they met. It's pretty fascinating. And then they decided to come together to write this book. And Dave, would you like to give us the title of the book um, as I'll bring you on first? Yes. I'm going to even show it if that's okay. It's it's when the psychology professor met the minister, um, how the woman on the corner of Hunter and Whittier permanently transformed one academic's worldview. And here it is. That's the cover. Beautiful. Yeah. So for those of you um, who are listening, that's great. But for those of you who love watching the video podcast, just want to remind you, you can watch them on path11tv.com for free. So you can actually see the visuals of what my guests uh, present. So Dave, okay. So you had a pretty profound experience um, at this conference uh, where you had come into contact with Patty. So why don't you kind of give us a little recap 
of the death of your daughter for those mm-hmm. people who didn't listen to episode uh, 111. And then let's kind of bring us moving forward to the conference and then you meeting Patty, and then we'll kind of start from there. Okay. Uh, first of all, April, it's great to be back and the show that I, I with you today. And I didn't realize it was episode 111, but that is a very profound and a very significant number um, in the world of spirituality. So I was happy to be episode 111. But um, essentially, about one week after I received my master's degree in, in social work from the University of Albany, uh, SUNY Albany, uh, my daughter Janine was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer. It was a velar rhabdomyosarcoma, which was a connective muscle tissue cancer, which had originated um, after she had injured her foot uh, several months earlier. Um, and we weren't obviously expecting cancer. Uh, you know, we, we thought, you know, we, we did, she did some traditional um, conservative treatments for her foot, you know, foot elevation, um, you know, just rest, you know, uh, but nothing worked uh, to cut to the to cut to further ahead in May. And the other part of the story is that she had given birth to my first grandchild and her, her granddaughter, um, whose name is Brianna. And shortly after after she Brianna was born, they did an MRI of her foot. It was discovered to be significant. The MRI that was suggested for cancer, a biopsy confirmed that. And on May 26th, and, one, and I remember these dates as if they happened yesterday, um, she was officially diagnosed. We went to Dana-Farber Institute in Boston because they are one of the few cancer institutes in the country that deal with research and treatment of pediatric sarcomas. They told us basically that her cancer was incurable. She had a stage four tumor. Um, it was it fully metastasized, um, and they said short of a miracle, she was going to die. And that was the message that we got. Um, she did chemotherapy for, for six months. Um, they put her cancer in 80% remission, but as you know, with cancer, it's either 100% or nothing. Um, her cancer, again, re-metastasized, and she eventually died at home or transitioned into to a new existence, as I like to refer to it now. On March 1st at 12:30 uh, in the morning um, with hospice um, you know com- you know with with hospice services and um, it just set me on um, a course of a journey I never thought in a path that I never thought I'd be embracing so that that is the short version Right. And so after her passing, you were um, doing, like you said in the book, what most grieving parents do, right? They are, they're reading books, they're going to conferences, they're trying to, you know, probably find their own spiritual beliefs, uh, doing their own healing. And um, what was the name of the conference again? I I didn't write that down. but It was, it was Beyond Words. Um, Beyond Words, right. Yeah, Beyond Words. It was in 2010 in September. And I was part of the committee to organize that. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, I was walking the path of a bereaved father pretty well and probably all too well. Um, I was doing you know, workshops in honor of my daughter. I was uh, constantly making sure she would, she would be remembered. Any teaching activities I did were in honor, you know, were obviously inspired by my daughter. I mean, I was walking that path very well for seven years. I was doing conferences, everything. But at the, and this is kind of where, where Patty comes in initially. I had asked initially how we had met. She had called me, and I think it was August 25th. She had called me, as I recall. She is, was interested in registering for the Beyond Words conference. And as we look back on this, this was, I think, our first introduction to the spirit intervening. She could not, for whatever reason, register for the workshop. Her link, right. just, her link just wasn't working. So she called me, and we started talking. And immediately, again, because of my perspective as a bereaved parent at that time, I had asked very gently, and she had lost a child. She told me she hadn't, but she also told me about her experiences with many parents who had lost children as her as her in a role as volunteer coordinator for the Angel of Hope, Angel of Hope in Long Island. And I told her about 
you know, told her about Janine. And for 45 minutes, I, we shared stories. We, you know, we shared tears. And she said, when I see you in September, I want to, I want to give you a hug. So I saw her briefly at the last workshop that I was, I was kind of monitoring. I gave her that big bear hug and she whispers in my ear. She goes, you know, I think I saw a rainbow. I saw, I think I saw a rainbow and I think it was a sign from your daughter. And at that point, I was just so tired, April, you know, and I had, and I had begun to entertain the possibility of science. I had, I had acknowledged it, but I never really knew the significance of science, particularly as it, as it can relate to, to, to fostering continuing bonds with our loved ones and everlasting relationships. I'm thinking, yeah, great, another sign. That's what was going through my head because I was just tired. Mm-hmm. And then she said, you know, if you ever get to Long Island, I want to show you my Long Island. Okay. I'm going to jump the day after the conference I was taking. And this, we talk about this in the book. I was taking three of our key conference presenters up to Old Forge and the Adirondacks to see the change of seasons. And they just have a nice drive. And I'm listening to this very intense spiritual conversation in the back of the back of the car and thinking to myself, and I said this spontaneously, I want to be where they are. So I stated my intent. It was had to be September 11th, I think it was the day after that conference, to the universe that I wanted something more. I, I just wanted to initially engage in a spiritual conversation or have a, a greater sense of what, how spirituality can work in my life so that I could come to some further clarity about my daughter's death. And so then... On my BlackBerry phone, there was this announcement called Embracing the Power of Change, which was by a, by a colleague, Ron Volano, whose show I had appeared on numerous and a few times. And I'm thinking to myself, do I go or don't I go? So I finally called Pat. And I said, I'm thinking of coming out. Can you tell me about any good hotels that are out there? She said, yeah, you can stay with me and, and my husband, Marco. And she's laughing because... I, I, she's laughing about this because I must have asked her over a hundred times. <laughs> is your husband going to mind that a strange man is staying in your house? She goes, no, Marco's easy going. And I had this picture of just some really jealous guy who was bigger than me, who was going <laughs> to probably just cut me in two if, 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 I, if I was anywhere near his wife. But once I met Marco's father from the truth, he just was the most gentle you know, just beautiful man he'd ever meet. And also he designed the cover for our book and did the book design as well, too, because he's a, he's a great graphic designer as well. So um, she picked me up from the airport, and then the adventure began. You know, with that night after the conference, about 9.30, the adventure began where everything changed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's pause there and bring Patty in. So, Patty, I have to say, I'm very proud of you for agreeing to step out and agree to do this book with Dave because, you know, that's a, a large part in the beginning of the book was that you have had a lot of extraordinary, um, very spiritual experiences. I mean, things that you have gone through yourself and what you've done with other people. And there was a little bit of fear of actually kind of coming out of what I say, the spiritual closet and really owning probably your power, your gifts, and all of these experience and, you know, letting people really know, you know, what's going on for you. So congratulations. Very proud of you. And I know that that's a big leap, you know? Um, so Dave, right of, into it, <laughs> you came yeah. right into it. Absolutely. Yeah. So Dave kind of is bringing us up to this big moment where everything kind of happened with you. And this, these stories are just amazing, but let's bring you in a little bit and tell us what was going on with you before you had met Dave. And then you can bring us up to the same moment and then we'll kind of start to begin how really, it sounds like you were channeling Dave's daughter and she was coming through you and providing him with messages that um, really, without a shadow of a doubt, I think really solidified for Dave that there is life after death. So well, it start, for me, the journey has been lifelong. Um, I, as a child in the 60s, I was born in 1961. So when I was a little child, my family, I was strange because 
my closest relationship was with, I called my secret friends. Um, I was in a Catholic household. So of course, Jesus would come into me and he was my close friend when there was drama in the house. Um, th th there were things that went in and uh, went on in my childhood home. Everybody has their stories of drama. Um, and the way that I dealt with the drama inside the home was to go outside at sunset after dinner, or I just remembered I was being after dinner, couldn't wait to eat dinner to go back out on the swing underneath a hundred year old grapevine, at which time I would sit and converse with my secret friends. It was Jesus. It was um, the, the Blessed Mother. Um, and then there would be these old Indian men in, in my visual places. I'm swinging and my eyes are closed, visualizing these Indian men who said to call them native elders. Now I'm six or seven in a Catholic household. There is no language <laughs> of native <laughs> culture whatsoever in my home, even though the area that I lived in on the North shore of Long Island in a small community called Glen Cove, um, right by the beach, turns out it was the highest point in the area because of a water tower put across the street. We found out about its elevation. And when you study native culture in the time when the earth was natural, they would go to the highest point in the area to pray. Mm. My home was discovered as the highest point in that area of the cove. Then there were these two bald men that wore these long robes. When I went to the seminary and saw a picture of Buddhist monks, I realized those were my men. <laughs> they were <laughs> Buddhist monks. Right. So for me, it was an ongoing thing, but because of my family, and their response to me that I was strange. I would rock in the corner of our couch for hours, just back, back and forth. And now you've come into this, where we are right now and children that are on the spectrum are seen rocking because they go into their own place in their own world. So I can understand from, uh, from where we were in society I remember once being referred to as mentally retarded. I laughed because I didn't understand it because I was really happy and content in my world. And the response that, yes, well, this is my daughter, Pat, Patsy is what they called me, is mentally retarded because I was sitting there rocking in the corner, very content and not paying attention to what was going on in that outside world. And I explain that to you because of your background to understand it was my reality. But right. there was one time that my spirit guides that I refer to now, you know, the terms uh, and the labels that we use are spirit guides. It said to me when I was referred to in that uh, way, of course they think of you like that. You don't interact. And the Native American elders actually used a term to me and said, you can't keep doing that. They'll put you in a sanitarium. I'd never heard that word before and had no idea what it was. I just remember being so little that when I sat back on the couch, my feet didn't touch the floor. You just mm -hmm. said, that's the only way I can gauge what age I was. And then I actually found out what a sanitarium was. And they told me, you don't want to go there. So you have to learn how to interact with the world outside. Wow, that, that's absolutely 100% total truth of how I experienced those years. So I know how to learn to interact with my athletic family, um, the person that was the horse person, you know, how do you fit in in each person's world? Right. I, the next experience for me was when I was 16. I had major ear problems all of my childhood and at 16, it had gotten so bad that there was now blood flowing from my ear. Um, part of it because I didn't always tell my mom when I had ear problems mm -hmm. because it only meant more drama. <laughs> so I held it back. That After that surgery, I had an experience that they now um, term a near-death, uh, NDE near-death experience. Um, to me, it was real what had happened to me. Um, I started choking in the hospital bed after coming out of the anesthesia. My mother was standing above me and an old boyfriend was standing at the foot of the bed. And as I was choking, my mother got very 
the, you know, screaming theatrical. Um, I then was outside of my body. I could see and comprehend what was happening in the room. I could tell you moment by moment what my mother was doing, how she ran by the boyfriend, pushed him against the wall, watched her go through the doorway. Meanwhile, comprehending at the same point, there was a beautiful woman that was there in the light. And I could see her in this beautiful flowing gown. Remember, I was Catholic. I referred to her immediately, Mary. Besides, I was always a child that was always um, saying the rosary underneath my pillow. I can't tell you how many rosaries I broke because I would sleep and break them. I would always need a new rosary. So I logically looked at it. Why Mary shows up for me? Well, I had a strong connection and a trust in her because of all the dramas mm -hmm. around me. You see the logic that I can now, in hindsight, recognize. So um, after the experience, talked about it only with the boyfriend, wouldn't dare tell my mom. Um, and the boyfriend, that's exactly what happened. How did you know that? You were unconscious. And then he made fun of me. So I never talked about it until I met my husband. Mm -hmm. That happened in 1977. Um, it was December 19th, 1977, that I had that experience. And I met my husband in 1981. I didn't talk about it until I found that trust with him again. In fact, I hit it. Got into the real world, job, life, boyfriends, dates, bad dates, good dates. With my husband, he started to see how my intuition would come in. But I still wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a wife. So that role became my identity. But I started to learn to trust my intuition. And I always seemed to find mentors in my life. I call my first mentor my fairy godmother. <laughs> she was a wonderful mentor. Then there was another man that came in. There were always people that showed up that always seemed to say the right thing to help empower me to own it. Mm -hmm. Fast forward in the 1990s, um, met a group of people um, that we started doing prayer groups together. And the person that was leading it said, um, I, I would suggest that you all consider going to a seminary to understand bigger connection to a universal creator. And for me, I just like the idea of thinking, you know, I always wondered, I saw Mary, but what if somebody's Buddhist? What if somebody's Native American? This beautiful woman is not going to be the Blessed Mother. They will come in something, but how do they feel? How do they deal with challenges? How do they deal with traumas? How do they see it? So I went to the seminary only to fulfill curiosity, mm -hmm. not to understand. But now I go to the seminary, and you start learning the spiritual practices of other faiths. And every time another spiritual practice was introduced to me, it took me to another level of awareness, a new understanding of the human existence of being human within a greater perspective of the universe to a divine source. The founder is the one that I quote all the time. It's Rabbi Joseph Kelberman, his history, what he endured in his life. And at 85, when I was in the seminary in 96 to 98, his perspective he lost his entire family in the holocaust his father he a jewish orthodox They're his entire dna family brothers wife two children he was sent over first and then all of his family disappeared getting through that kind of devastation and why me and he's a, a rabbi and he said his vision was that everybody walks, there, there, there was a beautiful sun, a light, the divine source of love that everybody was heading toward, and they were all holding hands. But that's the interfaith part of it. So it's not instead of, it's in addition to. So coming out of seminary, my daughter goes to school, my husband goes to work. I didn't turn on television. I went and sat in meditation. 
And I started to utilize the practices and started taking Reiki to understand how the energy flows through. I dove into everything that the universe brought to me. So now what do you do with it? Well, I don't want to be an entertainer. I don't want to go under a term of psychic media. I want to continue to see what they can teach me. And what can I do to help other people without them knowing? Kind of zip in and zip out. That was my existence. I used to call it putting a cloak over so nobody could see who I was, but I would just let spirit guide me as to what they needed. So the whole experience, I, I ended up at this Angel of Hope statue on Long Island through a series of synchronistic events, including the loss of two young men who were friends to our family. The first one just got passed away or crossed December 13th. 2005, he was a young man with no arms and his legs were differently formed. And my daughter and I, puppy raised his service dog. He got a service dog that we started out puppy raising. It was his, his dog. Two days before his unexpected passing from an aneurysm, we had in New York City with him at the body exhibition, South Street Freeport, no lightly falling sitting there talking, looking at the veins and muscles in a body. And he had no arms. These kinds of things, and you look at it, and you look back, and you see the synchronistic events. His passing was the first one that I was able to create and empower myself with a full relationship with him yeah. on the other side of the veil. He would say things to me and I would go to see his family. And what he said to me comes up in conversation. A, a memory that was imparted in my head during meditation, I walk into the house and they're discussing it. He was validating and empowering me to understand, hey, I'm really doing it. This is outside of it. That's why when the conference came up and the Angel of Hope came up, I wanted to understand academically what are they teaching, what are they saying, and how am I presenting it from this perspective? Bringing in psychology with spirituality, I wanted to know more. Right. And as you heard, like, everything clacked out. So it was really his daughter. I knew his daughter was with me. Um, my memory of how things happen a little bit different than what Dave's is because of my perspective. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's how we see it, is integrating the two. We just wanted to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor for today's episode, Path 11 TV. Not a fan of watching videos on your computer or laptop? Neither are we. That's why we recently launched the Path 11 TV app for your smartphone and TV. Now you can watch on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices, or if you prefer to wind down in your living room, you can now watch on your Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire devices. For listeners of the podcast, the easiest way to get started is by pointing your web browser to path11tv.com and starting a seven-day free trial. But be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 Again, that's Podcast 30 to take 30% off of an annual membership for maximum savings. Once your membership is started, visit your smartphone or TV's app store and download the Path 11 TV app. Once downloaded, you can then link to your newly created account and start streaming on the go or relaxing in your living room. Visit Path11TV.com for all the details. Yeah, so, so Dave, can you um, 
kind of bring us back to, so we have, you know, Patty's background and all of the stuff Mm -hmm. that she was experiencing. I love how there's like these two lives, right? The two of you Mm -hmm. are living your lives in totally different ways. And then bam, Mm -hmm. you know, this conference brings you guys together. And then now you're on a road trip, you're staying at her house with her and her husband. And then all of a sudden, this major experience of your daughter beginning to come through her, you know, happens, which is also part of the inspiration for this book. So Why don't you bring us bring us okay. to that night? Before we get to actually Long Island, I got to go back to to the rainbow that Patty and Marco saw in September. Yeah. It was on Route 17. Um, they were coming home um, from a from a mini vacation. Um, Route 17. I would Pat and I talked about this. If you had one and seven, you get eight, and that's the infinity symbol. If you invert the eight, you get infinity, which is you, you turn it. You know. It, uh, power and eternal life. She had said to she had said to me, and I don't know if it was at the conference, but it was another at another time. She had said she had heard a voice in her head saying that I need you to talk to my father, and she was convinced that it was Janine getting try getting through to her to say you need to I want you to talk to my father. So we we get to it was it was about nine thirty at night. She had a fire going in the living room. It was November. It was very unseasonable. Well, it was like 70 degrees. I think that whole weekend was beautiful. I think it was mid-60s, 70-degree weather. So we're sitting, and she's asking me questions about Janine and asking me questions about my background. And then she announces that Janine is present with us, and she would like to talk with you. Now, for somebody who is firmly grounded in science, and I had rejected all things spiritual, um, and there, it was almost like I had a fear of embracing spirituality for a variety of different reasons. But when she told me that my daughter wanted to talk to me, I knew immediately that what was going to what was transpiring was true. And the reason that I knew it was true is because in September on that trip to Old Forge, I'd asked for that. I said I want to be where they are. I wanted a new sense of awareness, a new, some other perspectives that would help me embrace a peaceful perspective on my daughter's transition. And so that entire weekend, it was, Janine was passing on messages, and, and one of the, the, the biggest messages was she said, you know, you're doing a great job honoring me, but you have a family, you have your, your, you have your wife, my mother, my brother's. You need, you need to embrace other categories in your life. You're doing a great job honoring me, but you need to embrace the totality of who you are. That was the message. And I heard that loud and clear. Um, but the thing that was amazing to me, and I mentioned, we mentioned this in the book, is that there were times where I was actually literally talking to Janina. Patty would sit cross-legged. She had this youthful energy about her. And she would sit cross-legged and talking with me, much like my daughter would. Um, her, her mannerisms at certain times during the weekend, her facial expressions, I thought I was actually talking to my daughter. And there was one point, part that we mentioned in the book where, you know, Patty said, you know, make yourself at home the next morning when you get up, you know, um, make yourself breakfast. So I was going to do some oatmeal, and I was really really careful about trying not to make a mess. Um, and, you know, because that's been the influence of, of just, you know, you know, just being mindful of not making messes that, you know, my wife needed to clean up after me. Um, and so Patty just got impatient with me and I saw this frown come on over her face and she, give me that. And then she immediately, and I looked and I said, Janine, is that you? Just like, it was literal. Okay. That's how realistic this was. Wow. Um, and, and it was just like that literally for the entire weekend. Now, the night before there had been so much energy, she had a fire going and I was shivering, literally shivering. And I, this Pat and I talked about it. She explained that that spirit energy going through me, there was so much that I was trying to process at light speed that I, you know, my body just started shivering uncontrollably. So she had to cover me with two blankets at three o'clock in the morning until I went to sleep. And also at that point, I think I had been in such an altered state that I actually saw a shadow of a woman, um, you know, just with their arms outstretched and a gesture of love. 
Okay, so um, that, so, and the other thing, I got to go back to beyond words again, if this is okay. And this is something that I hadn't mentioned, but the morning after I took the last presenter, and I think I might've been Carla Blowy, the last presenter to the airport came home. I was literally exhausted. So I went, you know, I probably slept for about an hour and a half. And I had a dream about a faceless young brunette. Okay. Long hair. And she was hugging me from behind. And I'm getting chills just talking about this. She was hugging me from behind. And I could actually, April, feel her touch as I was going back in the bed. It was like she was laying me back in the bed. That's how realistic of a dream this was. I immediately felt that that was my daughter, Janine. And I thought, you know, she was just, you know, very proud of the job that I did. And this was before we went to, before, before I went to see Patty before I went to stay with Patty. Um, I thought she was just proud of the job I did at the conference, and she was validating, great job, Dad. So the, I think it was the Sunday night. Um, there was a song that Patty felt moved to play called Testify to Love, and I think it was by Winona Judd. Am I correct? Winona Judd. And Patty started singing it and aloud, and then after she got done singing it, she hugged me from behind in a very identical manner to the to the identical to the faceless brunette in that dream. I never told Pat about that dream. And then she goes, I love you very much. And I said, Thank you, Patty. And she goes, It's Janine, you jerk. And I knew it was my daughter because that's how Janine would we would interact in life. Right. But it was the exact hug that I experienced in that dream. And I never told Pat about that dream. Mm-hmm. So that dream was further validation of, of what I had asked for. And Janine was telling me, we're going to go on a great adventure together. And that adventure has continued for 10 years and counting. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the interesting thing is we kind of bridge psychology and spirituality into this conversation. You know, here you are a psychology professor, you've studied, you know, psychology for your whole career here, and you were always more science-based. And then you meet Patty and you're having this experience, you know, over the whole weekend of these, you know, mannerisms, the way that you and Janine would kid each other. It's like, it's coming out through Patty and, you know, you're kind of convinced here that, and have this knowing inside that your daughter is truly present giving these messages now from the psychology standpoint how were you also able to assess patty to know that she wasn't um having any like psychotic break she wasn't uh you know displaying any forms of schizophrenia of hearing a voice in her head and claiming that it was your daughter um and you guys give another example of this too of when patty had an experience basically of a native american uh, mm-hmm. male that had walked in and her husband saw like her face totally changed and you know it wasn't that she was hallucinating or having some sort of psychotic break but there was this true experience that happened you guys cover that in the book as well so maybe we can also talk about you know how you were able to begin to blend spirituality and psychology and seeing them really supporting each other and and realizing that people like patty who have these abilities and these gifts really aren't mentally ill. <laughs> well, the one thing that I could attest to with everything in, you know, in previous, in the years since, she has channeled the wisdoms of highly, of many wise spirits, just on my daughter. It could be, it could have been Buddha, it could have been Gandhi, it could have been anybody, but she was channeling wisdoms from highly evolved spirits. But in that sense, she was always very grounded. She was very rational. Um, she was very centered. This was just a part of the way that she related to the world so in a very multidimensional way. I have students that I teach that have very similar abilities, but are afraid to embrace it because they're trying to, to find the balance between just being a normal young adult trying to make their way in the world to this is how I see the world. Is anybody going to think I'm, you know, I, I'm, you know, out of sorts or I'm abnormal because of this? But Patty was always very grounded. She was very, um, you know, she, you know, she was she was very centered, and there was never any history of of, of, 
of mental illness that would or schizophrenia that would would account for that. And again, I had the reality of the experience in November as my basis. So when she began to channel on the the uh, a Native American and African American spirit, and she told me about this, I. I took it to be totally true because of the experience that I had. It was, it was different, but yet very similar to what I had experienced. Yeah. And, and so I knew then that this was a woman who was versed in spiritual practices on a variety of different, different, different aspects and also saw the world multidimensional. I always tell Pat, she sees Pat present and future, present and future simultaneously. And she can see that. And that's the way she relates to her. Well, I think it's great. And because of her, because of that influence, I have other individuals in my, my, my support circle who are very intuitive, who have versed in different spiritual practices, as well as those who are grounded in science. So I have a very interesting circle of, of, of friends, and that is because of the influence of Pat, who also said, have more than one teacher. You just don't need me to be your, your only teacher. You you know, have several. And so, you know, and so I've taken those teachings to her. So, yeah. So Patty, can you explain on your end, what it's like for you and maybe the process that you go through when someone who is crossed on the other side begins to speak through you, you know, we're kind of hearing it from Dave's perspective of he's witnessing this and really feeling like he is sitting, you know, with his child. And what is it like for you to kind of have, you know, as I don't know if you would call yourself a channeler, you know, again, it's like we put these things in boxes now, but yeah, to have, to have her spirit and her soul come in, what is it like for you to experience that? Okay. For me, this was why it took so long for me to come out because to me, I, after the seminary, I was learning how to communicate on different levels of consciousness to the point where I feel spirits enter me. I can feel a shift in me. Um, if, if I'm sitting there and there are thoughts in my head, and this, this was a process of evolution. Remember, I was ordained in 98. This is tw- that was 2010 when I was meeting, you know, uh, interacting with Dave and connecting with Dave and his daughter. Things pop into my mind that wouldn't be my normal process. My normal process is, okay, what am I making for dinner? Um, what errands do I have to run? Oh, does the car oil have to get changed? Do I have to do the bills? Oh, what's happening with my girlfriend here? That would be my reality. But when you're driving in a car with your husband and a huge rainbow on a day where there is no moisture in the air, goes over Route 17 from one side to the other, and you can actually go, we have the photographs, we have videos of that because my husband was like, this is crazy. There's no logical scientific way for this to be up there. And I'm in, in my head sitting there. So we're in this incredible moment. And in my head, I hear, I need you to speak to my father. And in our conversation, um, in the way that I remember that that day on August 25th, the first thing I always ask people when they tell me they've lost someone, you know, I'm sorry, you know, that they've crossed, but do you see signs from them? Mm-hmm. That's my first question. Do you see signs? I've had people say, well, I don't know. So different responses. In Dave's case, he says, yeah, well, I don't really believe in that stuff, Pat. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, that's exactly, I don't really believe in that stuff, Pat. But um, there was one Father's Day that my wife and I both feel that Janine sent me this double rainbow on Father's Day. Okay. They felt something. I said, that's exactly it, because that's the spiritual essence. When people start to understand their intuition, you, Dave, and that's what Dave learned to do, is to trust that inner knowing. One of the teachings that I learned along the way is your first thought is the spirit runs through you. Then you tend to mind it to death and think about it and try to process it and make sense of it. But that first thought... For me, I started to, I owned that intuition and would say the things that needed to say. Um, And when you start to do that, there were books out there, okay, 
One person said to me, oh, you do soul retrieval. Another person said, oh, you're a medium. No, I'm a minister. A minister, a true minister is there to minister people and meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. From the perspective that I see the world in. So for me, it's meeting people where they are and then letting the, the wisest spirit use me as a voice. I don't want to be, I, I never wanted to be somebody that was a medium. I wanted to help empower people to make their own connection to the divine source. And once you do that, your loved ones will start communicating with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will yeah. see them. And mm-hmm. every person has that ability. I just dove in full time and wanted to understand it on a vast level, which is unique for that time period. Yeah. Yeah. And the book is just so much fun. I mean, you know, we don't, I wish we had more time um, to go in and give more examples, but there's just so many great stories between the two of you. And also, um, you know, just stories that you've shared, Patty, you know, in the book, kind of like through Dave's uh, telling of it, that really is amazing. So I would really highly recommend people who are really interested in this whole topic of bridging spirituality and psychology together. This is definitely a book for you guys. Um, But there is one last thing, uh, as we're running kind of out of time here, I just want to check my notes that I always love to try to give our listeners and the people who are watching a little tip. And there was just this great point in the book. I don't know, Dave, if we talked about it in the last one, but you were talking about uh, the pieces of me exercise. And it's a great way and this was also kind of a way that where you were able to bring Janine into your world and keep her spirit alive. But also, like you said, she was giving you the message of like, thanks, dad, for honoring me, doing a good job. But you got a whole nother life over here that you have to tend to mm-hmm. kind of bringing this in. So I'd kind of like to leave our listeners um, with these three questions that you usually teach people how to do to keep the spirit of their either child or their deceased loved one whatever the relationship is, just continuing to be alive through them. So can Mm -hmm. you give them that exercise? Yep. And basically, Pieces of Me is about integrating the best qualities of our loved ones into ourselves, where essentially what we do is is our loved ones, their essence, their pure essence, which is pure spirit, their pure love, their pure or pure is, is integrated within our own being. We kind of, I tell my students, in particularly in death, dying, and bereavement class, where they do know my history, that Janine and I are kind of a package deal, mm-hmm. um, that we are doing this together. And I, and a lot of times I feel, you know, I have a lot of young energy running through me during those classes, and I think it's Janine's influence. But it's essentially asking yourself, you know, what qualities of your look, you know, positive qualities of your loved ones or loved ones do you see as, what, do you see them as being creative? Do you see them as being caring? Do you see them as being compassionate? And essentially, how can you integrate those qualities into your own being so that it can help you move through grief? And I'm paraphrasing this, move through grief um, and embrace a peaceful perspective after loss. And the third thing, how can you integrate those qualities in a way where you can live a life of purpose and be of service to each other? What I like about the exercise, what I like about this is that, particularly in the cases of ambivalent loss or or stigmatized loss, where there's loss due to addiction or suicide, what I encourage individuals, whether they've lost a child, have lost a sibling, who have lost a parent, Concentrate on those positive qualities. Don't concentrate on cause of death. Don't concentrate on the behavior that contributed to their their challenges in in real life. Look at their pure positive qualities and ask yourself, how can you make them a part of your part of you so that they can continue to live on within within you? And so that you can in and together you can you can you can move forward to help individuals find their greater purpose in life. And again, it's, 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 it's that it, it kind of embodies pure spirit. It embodies that whole concept of, of what we see in the, whatever we read about in the afterlife and individuals who have experienced their death experience where they experience pure love and light. So this is kind of an exercise to kind of create 
help an individual create their own heaven on earth while at the same time moving through grief and honoring the, the, the special qualities of their loved ones. Lovely. I love it. Well, thank you both so much for being guests on the show today. And where can people find your book uh, if they would like to read it? And uh, let's let them know how they can also get a hold of both of you. Okay. You want me to take that one, Pat, or you want to take it? Okay. Yeah. All right. I just want to, we, they can get a hold of us through, um, through email at psychologyprofessorandminister at gmail.com. We have a dedicated website to the book, which is uh, psychologyprofessorandminister.com. And also, they can find the book on Amazon. Um, under They can just type in when the psychology professor met the minister, and it'll take them right to that. Um, and they can also read the reviews and ratings that we've gotten so far, which have been very, very positive. And, and for that, Pat and I are both humbled and grateful for that. And also... In our website, we have a section about the of about the book, and we have a hyperlink to Amazon there. So, they can they can. There's a variety of different ways to get in touch with us, to contact us, and to uh, to purchase the book. Wonderful. Well, lots of luck to you guys and selling that book. And thank you so much for bringing you know both perspectives on here, Dave. It's wonderful to have you back as a guest. Like One, I said, once you write more, come back. Come on. All right. Um, we, yeah. We will. We will. And it's it's always a, it was it was a pleasure. You know, it was a pleasure being with you for a second time too, April. We enjoy, I enjoyed it. Yes, thank you, and thank you, Patty. So nice to meet you and having you on the podcast as a first time guest. Thank you very much. Your perspective is incredible, and I'm grateful to be here. I'm very grateful. Thank you. All right. Namaste. Yes. Same here. Yeah. yeah namaste. Well, thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Check out their website, purchase the book, and I will talk to you guys next time. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com, and be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.